Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman, PK, and George Lugo, psychic medium. He is here with us again, and we're going to have a great show because we have a great guest tonight. She's been with us before, Bruja Katrina Raspold. We're going to bring her on in a few minutes, but first... Miss PK, numerology queen, tell us what is going on in the world of numbers. Well, we've got a lot happening right now because it's a universal six month, which is all about family. It's about foods. It's about everything wanting to be perfect. And how in the world can we tell everybody, quit giving advice to others because it's going to turn around, boomerang, and bite us right where we sit. So (laughs) don't tell others how to do it. Just If they ask you a question, by all means, follow through. Other than that, the lips are zipped. You may have major problems if you don't. Then you're also going to find out that this month there's going to be some issues for people dealing with their pets. So kind of pay attention to them if they're acting out or acting up or need some assistance. This is a good time to take a good look at what they may need, whether it's a change of foods or if it's how they're reacting to others. But there may be a little more hyper this month than usual. That's part of what we'll be taking on as well. But also on the good side, or bad side if you want to call it, it's about relationships. The good part, you may find a new one. The bad part is you may get rid of one you've got. Either way, it's your choice. But however it goes, it's going to go well. So that's the best part of it. So Ooh, I like take- it. Yeah, so take a look at my Facebook page, or I should say my uh, page that I have up, because there's information throughout the month giving information about certain aspects that will be going on and how-tos for certain aspects of the numbers. And every little bit counts as we're taking a look at what we would like to have happen, but for the most part, let's take a look at the best of the best because Caring for others right now and sharing is a perfect month to work with it. We couldn't ask for a better way to do a holiday month. So that's it for me. That's very nice. I like everything you said. That's great, except I'm a little worried about my pets now. I'm going to have to really watch. But pay attention. You may may see that they may be a, a little off color. They may need their foods changed, or they may need a little tending, or nails clipped, whatever it takes. Just those little TLC things. Oh, that's easy to do for these guys. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not so much those we have as the ones that come and bother us. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
that's great. But it sounds like it is a good month for the holiday, so let's hope everybody has a safe and happy one. That'll be wonderful. And if you would like to schedule something with Patricia Kirkman, then go to her website, patriciakirkman.com. As PK just mentioned, she has all kinds of information on how to buy gifts for people by the numbers and other exciting things. And, of course, you can take a look at your numbers personally with PK, set up your own private session. And PK can also be found on our website, supernaturalgirlswithaz.com. And George Lugo can be found at crystalgatereadings.com. I know, George, you're super booked up, but for our supernatural audience, I know you always make an extra effort to fit people in. Because I know I've had a bunch sure of people do. contact me about you recently, and I've sent them all over to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, yeah. yes. And also, for people who are interested in soul realignment, I am offering a holiday special, which is $125 per session. They're normally 250 So you might want to take advantage of that. And I'm also offering gift certificates, so you can purchase a gift certificate now and use it at another time or give it to someone. They can use it whenever it's convenient for them. So make sure you just... Uh, Click on the link. It's on our website. You can also private message me on the Facebook page. Easy to find and easy to schedule with me. So we have some great stuff on our Facebook page. Don't forget to go look at the Supernatural Girls Facebook page. Follow us, like us on Twitter as well. We have a fascinating article there about twins that were adopted out to separate families, raised without any knowledge of each other, and they had identical lives. It's a fascinating article, so go take a look at that. And, of course, we always have UFO stories, a big UFO story out of Chile, and some photographs to go with it. So take a look at our Facebook page. So tonight, one of our favorite people is also one of the most powerful women we know, Katrina Raspold. She is a bruja. And she's the author of a new book. It's not even out yet, but you can pre-order it on Amazon. It's called The Sacred Art of Brujeria. Now, Katrina has provided insightful guidance to countless individuals over the past three decades through both her life path consultations and her informative classes and workshops. She has worked with teachers all over the world, including three years of training in England and two years of practice in the Marianas Islands. She is a professional life coach who holds a Ph.D. in religion. She is married, and she and her husband, Eric, co-authored the Bio-Universal Energy book series. Katrina and her husband, Eric, are also the owners of the most beautiful metaphysical store called Crossroads. And you can find it online and look at all the gorgeous photographs and Katrina also teaches workshops from Crossroads, and she teaches them on brujeria and different aspects of the bio-universal energy usage. And last but not least, she is the mother of six children who are grown up and out there loose in the world. I love that. <laughs> so, Katrina, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Patricia. It's great to be here. Well, you have an amazing life and an exciting life. Tell us 
because I know you've been on before and you've talked a little bit about your history and how you got involved in magic and healing and brujeria, but please tell our audience tonight, how did this all get started for you? You know, I always had an interest in the paranormal, and that was where it started. And I grew up in Kentucky, and really the paranormal was the only safe uh, venture you could take into the occult and not be shamed or ostracized or anything. And so uh, it started there and, and just kind of grew. That was back, well, in the 60s. And then um, between finding tarot cards and uh, witchcraft and, and all sorts of other ways to interact with energy, it just built into where I am now. Gosh. Well, it's quite a journey. And you have created the most beautiful metaphysical story. We're all raving about it earlier, even though we haven't been there in person. It's absolutely gorgeous. When did you open Crossroads? Uh, we opened on March 29th. Of this year? Yes. We had a store in Roseville, California for three years and closed that down because the venue was not where we needed to be anymore. The area had changed a good bit. And so we took some time off and then opened Crossroads this year. Well, it's a remarkable place, that's for sure. And I'm sure people are just drawn to it for so many reasons. Does it you know, smell it's a really wonderful when you walk place. in? Oh, my gosh. We, we make all of our own products. We make our um, our oils. We make our incenses, our baths, our soaps. And so wow. the smell is usually pretty pervasive when you walk in. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Too bad we can't bottle that and send it out. <laughs> you know, it's just such a magical place. And, and the way we found this, well, Eric, I've got to give him complete credit, the way that Eric found the location and everything, it was just meant to be from the beginning and, we didn't know what to call it, and we're really struggling. And to us, the most magical place you can find is the crossroads, and so it became Crossroads. Oh, great how wonderful. Name. Yeah, that is a great name. Well, you have this you. beautiful new book that people can pre-order mm-hmm. now on Amazon. It's The Sacred Art of Brujeria. So you were asked to study with two people on this, and as I recall, you were very surprised that they asked you to study with them. I was. In fact, there's been three. I had three mentors that took me through different phases of, of training, and uh, I was very surprised because they they came to me. They asked me to work with them, and I didn't really see that coming, and didn't see this as the next phase of my magical development. But uh, I learned a long time ago not to ask questions too much and to just move forward with where I'm told to go. Because this type of magic and witchcraft this usually comes out of south america mexico and Mm -hmm. that really wasn't your background right not at all not at all and uh yes uh, primarily uh mexico latin america guatemala a lot of practice there uh even cuba and so it's really it's not my uh it's not in my DNA, and that's one of the biggest challenges I have in doing this is that there's a lot of judgment based on that fact. And I understand that, and I honor that, and I still do what I was called to do despite that. Well, it's an amazing path you're on, and I am, I'm just going to tell everybody, I am taking your brujeria class right now, and I absolutely love it. So you've made a range, basically. Oh, it's fabulous. For people to attend the class 
at your store, Crossroads, and those of us who are too mm-hmm. far away, we attend the class on the Internet. So it's been an, a remarkable experience. You're a great teacher, and I love how you present the material. I can actually wrap my mind around it. It's also not in my DNA, but I find myself very drawn to this practice. I find it very, very fascinating. So I want to thank you for offering the class, and I want to encourage anybody in the audience who would like to, to do the class to contact you about it. It's it's a great, great class. So let's dive into this, the art of brujeria. There is so much to mm-hmm. it, and that's one of the things that I'm so impressed with. There's a lot to learn. It's <laughs> like nothing well, to and, learn and in your a weekend, class. that's for sure. Your, yes, your class is just scratching the surface. It's very much oh. an introductory 12-part class, and I have a class that I'm running with some of my senior students now that's an advanced brujeria, and we're still finding layers to uncover. There's just so much to study about healing other people through magic. Sounds wonderful. Tell us a, a little bit about the history of brujeria, how it came to be, because I thought that in and of itself is very fascinating. One of, one of my favorite questions that I get asked is, how did Brujeria come to the United States? Because people always assume that something comes to the United States if it doesn't grow here. And what's interesting is that three of our most powerful conjure practices actually developed right here. And that would be um, Appalachian Granny Magic in the the East, and then... Uh, hoodoo in the the south and then across the way to brujeria which came across the south and the west and really brujeria has always been here it's always been in the united states because so much of the united states was once mexico and so brujeria is what happened when the people of mexico starting with the mexica the aztecs um, developed their way of working magic And it was really an uninterrupted practice because when the Spanish invasion happened, it was, it it, it incorporated very well into what they were doing. We were able to syncretize onto that and not have such a bloody interruption of magical practice as we did in Europe. Yeah, that was brutal. So this was able to continue. and also, you know, I was surprised to learn it was also very, uh, very much in play in Peru. Yes, absolutely. It's and you know a little bit different, and brujeria itself is different with the different regions, and it's the same in, with Appalachian granny magic, where you have these different little groups of people that are practicing one way and healing one way, and then you go you know, a few miles down the road and you've got people practicing differently but doing the same thing. And so really there are many types of brujeria with just the basic idea being that we're moving energy in certain ways to help people heal from different types of traumas. So even the limpia, which I want you to explain to everybody, that's a fascinating Mm -hmm. technique with the egg. When I was watching people administering the limpia treatment everybody has their own style it seems so that was interesting to see it is and the limpia is the foundation of everything that we do because the idea is that when a person processes any kind of trauma whether it's social trauma 
physical trauma, emotional trauma, sexual trauma, even spiritual trauma, that it imprints on them in some way. And so what we do is try to undo the damage that's caused by that trauma and, and to cleanse the person energetically. We're working with all of the chakra points, the meridians, and just creating a clean vessel for our magic to then go into if we're going to be following up with some candle work or grids or things like that to create a positive outcome for our clients. So if you could, please explain to people how this is done. I mean, what do you do? What, how do you use the egg? I've experienced it myself with Itzhak, who mm-hmm. was here a couple of weeks ago, yes. and, and he's a shaman and who just did mm-hmm. was trying to teach us. But, again, there's so much to this. It's amazing how much you have to learn in terms of interpreting what you see with the egg that you've just rubbed over somebody's body. But let's start with some of that Mm -hmm. because it's fascinating. Well, what's beautiful is that you can't really do Olympia wrong. Um, Just like if you were to take an eraser and rub it over a pencil, you know, you're going to erase it. And knowing the interpretation of what you're doing is just one aspect of the limpia. If you do the limpia, you will help the person. Um, so the rest is what becomes a trained skill, plus reading the energy waves of a body and, and how that energy is moving throughout the body. So the limpias that I do have a four-part process. The first is called the platica, and that's a purging of verbal discussion it's sort of like an intake where we're talking about what the person feels they need help with and then after the platica we go to the sage bath where we're immersing them in a sage cloud basically i call it hot boxing them with sage and then we move on to the egg where we take a blessed egg empower it and move just scrub it all over their body to pull out any impurities and then we do the burrito which is a sweeping that cleanses them for the final cleanse. We also use sound to create certain vibrations to cause the chakras to react. And uh, we use different uh, sprays like Florida water or holy water to uh, create differences in the energetic fields that we're working with. We use stones that are going to affect the energetic fields so that when they come out of it, they're in a much more balanced energetic state than they were before. And sometimes it'll take extra limpias to get somebody really to where they want to be, just like it sometimes takes longer to clean a room than it does another room. And what is Florida water? I hear that all the time, but what is it? Florida is Florida water isn't about the state of Florida. It means a flower. And so Florida water is usually going to be alcohol-based. Most people use vodka. And they're going to add scents that are citrus and floral, usually rose or jasmine, in different configurations. Everybody's Florida water smells different, but it's a blessing spray. It's a, 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 a substance that we use to convey divine blessings onto someone or to bring the happy. And you spray this on the egg before you apply it all over the body, before you vigorously rub it, right, on the body. We do. We do, and we have the client blow very hard onto or into the egg. And this is an egg like a chicken egg that's not been, it's a raw chicken egg that's still in the shell. And we have them blow forcefully onto the egg, which conveys their essence into the egg. 
And what then happens is that the bad things, which we call the maldades, um, cannot tell the difference between the client and the egg, and we can pull the bad things into the egg so that it's away from the client. And then we break it into a jar and seal it up so that it can't get out. And you break it into how a jar. Did you, you learn to interpret what these eggs are saying because they have a message, they have information when you, you break do. them open. And they do, and that's, that comes with practice, but it's also that there are certain configurations that we look for that are traditional. And, George, we, we put it in a jar of blessed water. We don't just throw it into a jar. So it's going to be a jar oh. that's about half full of water that we have also sprayed with the Florida water to bless it. And then the egg is going to take on different shapes as we crack huh. it and dump it into the water. And sometimes if we've got an entity present, there's a very specific configuration that the egg will go into. If we've got some sort of demon or uh, a curse, a hex, if they're bringing baggage from the past into the uh, the circumstances, then we'll see a, a an arrangement of the egg for that. We even have an arrangement that is a little sort of a tail on the end of the egg that looks like a fetus that's called the child grief formation that tends to come up with people who have lost a child and not mourned that appropriately. Mm. Interesting. So there's probably, I would say on the average we have around 20 to 25 different routine configurations that we see this egg take shape into to tell us what's been going on with the client. And what's great about that is it's not what's wrong with the client. It's what was wrong with the client 15 minutes ago before we pulled it out gotcha. of them. Right. Wow. Well, put your address. I'll be right there. So you know, yeah. yeah. Um. It is powerful. I know that uh, when we did it in the seminar, and because I wasn't able to be with your group, Katrina, in person, it was so nice. I was able mm-hmm. to at least experience it here. Yes. And again, I was just so. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this egg in the water, and I'm thinking, okay, what is this egg saying to me? It's something, a mm. tool I've never used before. So it really does take, as you mentioned, time and practice and working with someone as knowledgeable as you to, to know the message in the egg. And I know in your teachings you were talking about like a flattened egg when an egg is mm-hmm. broken into the, the water, and that can mean somebody mm-hmm. who's feeling basically depressed, or mm-hmm. A lot of pressure, a lot of weight yes. on them, yes. Right, mm-hmm. so the egg just takes mm-hmm. on that shape. And then once you're done reading the message of the egg, then what do you do with it? It depends on what the message it. of the egg was. <laughs> no, don't eat, don't eat the Olympia egg. If there's any type of entity in the jar, and, and we pick up low-level entities just like the flu. We get them walking through a department store and, and encountering people. And so if we've got little entities that have been in there drawing our energy and sapping our, our vitality away, uh, or if there's any sort of living thing that has been pulled out, then we leave it in the jar until it's completely dead. And then we release the contents. If it's just little low-level psychic turbulence or some attachments from the past or things like that, we can get rid of the egg right away. And you're traditionally supposed to release it into a moving body of water 
which I use the most convenient moving body of water I have, and I flush it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. The express, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. That's easy. I have a question oh. for you. How do you know when everything is absorbed with it? I'm sorry, I missed that. Was that you, PK? Yes. Well, how do you know when the egg is absorbed, everything is should, to give you the answers that you're looking for or giving you the the information? The best way I can describe it is if you've ever had a tarot reading and Mm -hmm. you've shuffled the cards and you just know when the cards are done and you hand them back to the reader. It's sort of like that, where you've got the egg going all over the client and you can feel energy pulling into the egg and then you just feel that it has stopped. And I'll usually keep going for a little bit longer just to be sure. And I can also use a pendulum on the person's body uh, and just see if I've got any activity that I need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And so mostly you just kind of feel, yep, it's done. Now, do you roll the egg all over a person, or do you just kind of hold it and rub it on them? Or? In in hoodoo, they actually roll the egg down the body. We are a little bit more violent with the egg. <laughs> we do a really <laughs> aggressive scrubbing, and you really are getting in there against the skin of the person and just rubbing them down with this egg really hard. Uh, without what breaking. What breaks? It, it has broken sometimes, especially with new practitioners, and they'll freak out because yeah. their egg broke. And uh-huh. I just have them, I just have them read the, the pattern that the egg broke into on the floor. <laughs> just, oh, what I, is I, it? Does it look like a dragon? What does it look like to you? <laughs> but but really, yeah. after a while, you get accustomed to how to hold the egg in such a way that it doesn't break. And what's fascinating is that when you're rubbing the egg over the person, the egg will get physically heavier. The egg will come out in goosebumps. All kinds of strange things happen with eggs that are being used to, to cleanse someone. That's amazing. Crap. I have a it question. Is. Yeah. I have a question about um, spells, curses, hexes, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, grave dirt. Tell us about yeah. grave dirt. I use graveyard dirt quite a bit. and In fact, I process my own. And... I have three different kinds. The third one I haven't even put out on the shelf yet. I've still got to work with that. Um, Graveyard dirt that is just basic graveyard dirt we use to recreate the conditions of the grave. And so Mm -hmm. that's peacefulness. It's protection because nobody's going to harm you after you're dead in theory, unless they come after you with an egg. (laughs) But uh, you're going... But no, you're going to just use that to create peacefulness, to create um, uh, protection for a person. Now, if you want to up the protection, then you get the graveyard dirt of a police or law official who is known to be non-corrupted. Now, that's and that's kind of a trick. But I do have mm-hmm. one. His name is Colonel Knox, and he's in the cemetery in Grizzly Flats where I live. And he made me wait, what was it, I think four years before he would let me take any of his dirt. Because they give you the idea of, yes, you're welcome here, and no, you're not. And Mm -hmm. so that is extra protection. And really just the energy of the person who's in the grave conveys into the dirt. 
the the third type I'm processing and I'm going to be using later is some dirt from unconsecrated graves, which tend to be very restless and uneasy. And that can be good if you need to get somebody moving away from where they are. You truly mm-hmm. mean graveyard dirt. You don't mean something from the cemetery, but you mean the graveyard dirt, the, the dirt of the grave itself. Off the grave, yeah. I go to graves and ask for permission to use the dirt. The person gives me the permission to use the dirt, and it's actual dirt from yeah. a person's grave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I have some of that myself, and it was a grave that I noticed a long time ago, about eight years ago, and it was a big, big, giant oak tree, these big southern oaks that are huge. And the gravestone is in the tree, like this squirrel laid, uh, planted a seed right in the middle of the grave, and it took. And this giant tree grew, and I was attracted to the tree. So I went to the tree, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about it, and all of a sudden I look up, and there's the gravestone that's in the trunk of the tree off the ground. And uh, I just felt this kinship with it. And there was a woman, and I felt, I knew it was a woman, and I just felt her saying, like, well, come back again, come back again and visit. So I did. And then, and then um, uh, she told me to take a piece of the bark from the tree because the, the base of the trunk of the tree took up the entire grave. So I'm looking in the tree for, like, pieces of, like, hinges off her coffin and maybe a bone or here or there, you know, but it's amazing. It's just an amazing place, and it's kind of away from everybody. So, but I've been there and uh, have some of her dirt and some of her um, uh, tree bark from her. And uh, George, oh, my, and life the, is now com- my life is now completely worthless because that never happened to me. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. George has hey, got all no. kinds of good stories. But, oh, but no. Listen, here's I need, the weird thing. Here's the weird I thing I need that to it. happen. That, that tree was struck by lightning, and it killed the tree. And I didn't know this. And I went back, and they had cut it down. And I oh. went back, and I prayed for her, and I did all this stuff. And um, and uh, the, the, the base of the trunk is probably about three feet off the ground. And it began to rot away. And every time I'd go back there, it'd be a little bit more gone. And there were two more headstones in the tree, and they were her children. Oh, so wow. it's it's just a very interesting place. Wow. Uh, yeah. What That's about like Charlie? Where the uh, ashes have been spread when a person have been cremated. Does the ground of which the ashes have fallen does that have an effect as well? I have found that it doesn't. In theory, it would. But I believe there's something in the purification of the fire that disrupts their energy patterns. Uh, So I don't get it as strongly as I do with graves. That Mm -hmm. makes good sense. Because it it is completed once you've had the fire. It is. And it's not that it's any less sacred. It just doesn't have the energetic push. That I get from the graveyard dirt. Now, once you have the graveyard dirt, how? What do you do with it? I mean, do you put it in a pouch for somebody to wear, or what do you do? If someone's having difficulty sleeping, sometimes I'll have them sprinkle the dirt around the perimeter of, like the floor around their bed, so that the the bed is protected. A lot of times, people are having difficulty sleeping because they feel vulnerable in some way. 
or because the brain is going 90 miles an hour and they can't get it to slow down. And graveyard dirt is really great for both of those things. It provides the protection so that they can rest, and it also provides peace so that they can calm their minds to to sleep. I have different substances. For instance, um, goofer dust is a, a powder that you use if you need somebody to leave. You need your neighbor to move away or you need your boss to get a promotion and go somewhere else. And we put graveyard dirt in the goofer dust. So there's lots of different things that you can actually use it for. Wow. I had no idea that that had such an effect. That's amazing. It is amazing. I would never have thought it. Well, most rational people wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You've got pushed over here. <laughs> oh, let's go take some dirt from there. <laughs> yeah, spread it around the bed. <laughs> You're going to start trolling it around your bed. Yeah. Right. Put it under your boss's chair. It'll work great. <laughs> <laughs> now you talk about goofer dust, which does contain the graveyard dirt. What is goofer dust? Mm-hmm. What is that made out of? Sulfur, dead insects, a little bit of cayenne powder. Things like that. Mullion, I like to put mullion in mine. And it's to motivate people to get out of your immediate vicinity. Wow. It's kind of a people exterminator. Do you put it on their property that they're living, or do you just have it on your altar? Ideally, you're going to put it where they will walk so that they step in it. You can also sort of put it in a person's desk chair or you could put or under their their desk where their feet would be if they're sitting at the desk that's something else you can do you can also just treat a candle that's a removal candle and put a little bit of goofer dust on top of it to expedite that process some wow so if we see dust around us pay attention right (laughs) The sulfur yeah. gives it the sulfur gives it kind of a goldenrod color, mm-hmm. so it's not easily confused with say anthrax or something like that. You know, you're gonna <laughs> if you see some if you see some golden color that isn't pollen, yeah, somebody doesn't uh-huh. want you there anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually oh, sulfur, sulfur dust. It's a sulfur-based right. product. You you start no. out with sulfur and you kind of build it from there. I see. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sounds pretty good. Now let's go to candles because first of all, you've made us some me some beautiful candles that I love. And by the way, everybody, they are on sale for the holiday. I highly recommend them because there's more to these candles than wax and a wick. So explain to everybody how you make these candles because they are very powerful. You know, candles are probably the most common magical tool that I use in my practice. And I, I'm I'm an absolute witch for hire. I do magic for people as my primary vocation. It's what I do. And candles are the easiest way for me to work for someone by remote. And most of my clients are not local to me. So the candles help me to connect with them because candles, um, especially even paraffin candles, but also soy candles, are very um, absorbent. And so when you're using candles or you're using soap, for instance, 
you can get the energy to really get down in there and stay. And then you can release it by the burning. So and that's you that's what we do. We, of... use, we add herbs to our candles. We add oils to our candles. And I like to put glitter in there because the glitter on a prayer candle will move up against the glass anytime the the candle is particularly active. So I'm able to track when the candle was busiest and get back with the client and say, what was going on Tuesday because your candle had a lot of activity that day. So you also interpret how the candle burns. I do. Um, uh, Yeah, and and in fact, when... If I burn the client on the or burn the client, I don't burn the client. That's what they did to us. <laughs> I if I burn yeah. the candle, I burn yeah. the candle on the client's behalf. Part of the inclusion in that work is that I send them a report with photographs afterwards and say, you know, you had a really clean burn or we got a lot of black soot or there's a lot of herb that wasn't consumed, the candle kept putting itself out, whatever it might be, and just let them know exactly what happened in the course of that burn. What does that mean, Katrina, when the candle puts itself out and you have to keep relighting it? Usually it means that there's something about what the client is wanting to have happen that is not appropriate for them at that time. It doesn't mean they're never going to get it. It just means today is not that day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can mean that there's someone actually working magic for something opposite of that that's creating resistance. It can mean that if this does happen right now, it's not going to be in the client's best interest. It could mean just that the timing is off, you know, that that maybe we need to wait until we have the boost of a full moon to do the energy work for that. Right. And and what? tell us some of the most remarkable burns you've seen happen with candles and what it meant for the client. I have had client candles that actually exploded. Wow. Oh cl- <laughs> right, and, and glass just sort of goes everywhere. I've had some that just were so thick with black soot that you couldn't even see what had previously been on the candle as far as an image, and that is telling me that somebody's energy is strongly opposing what we're doing. And then you get into a situation where you're pretty much going to battle on the client's behalf. I had one uh, person that I was working for that had asked a person that she was dating to back her financially on an enterprise. And the person had been very enthusiastic about it. And she was asking me if this person was going to come through. The candle burned maybe a third of the way down and created a perfect image of a rat oh. in the wax that was up on the the side and lots of black soot. And I told her, I really don't think that this person's going to come through for you because I'm seeing rats leaving a sinking ship. And sure enough, the person didn't didn't give her any, any investment money and, and sort of ghosted her. So oh all kinds of things happen with the burns. There's times that the labels on the outside of the candle will burn in such a way that one of the figures is obscured. And so you can interpret yeah. that in, in relation to what the person is asking. The most common thing I get asked is to bring back my ex, and it's always a woman asking this. Mm-hmm. For some reason, women are very, and I hate to generalize like that, but it's very, very rare that I ever, I think in my entire career, I've had one man that asked to get his ex-wife back. 
women are consistently asking to bring back somebody who they just broke up with or that broke up with them. What is wrong with us? Why are we doing that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I really That's try to get them forward-facing. <laughs> yeah. And, again, I don't mean to gender generalize, but, boy, mm. the numbers just do not lie. Yeah. And there is no difference in how the person identifies gender-wise. As far as, you know, if they identify as female, even if they were born with men parts, they still are are really set on, on getting the exes back. And, boy, I just like to move forward. I don't need any of my exes back. <laughs> Me either. That's why they're ex, right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But we're going to continue this great conversation with our guest tonight, Katrina Rasfeld, who's the author of a great new book. You can pre-order it on Amazon.com. It is called The Sacred Art of Brujeria. We're going to take a very short commercial break, and we'll be back. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. Stay tuned. Pure essential oil, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology, Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian. Beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleide, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlai.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide, the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitlide.com. That's CorbyMitlide.com. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. 
When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles library of consciousness alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, here with my co-hosts, PK and George Lugo, and our great, tremendous guests tonight, Katrina Rasbold. We're having a wonderful time learning so much about brujeria, and Katrina is, again, the author of a brand-new book that will be coming out soon, and you can pre-order it. It is The Sacred Art of Brujeria. Oh, my goodness. Katrina, there's so much to talk about here. <laughs> Tell us about the saints and how the saints basically play into all of this with brujeria. You know, we have two different kinds of saints that are that have a lot of focus in brujeria, and one is the canonized saints that are recognized by the Catholic Church, and the others are the folk saints 
that are created by the public through different acts of miracles that occur posthumously and their acts of service during their lives. And the saints really are your, oh, how can I put it? They're, they're like your liaison to God. And in, in the pagan world, there, we have different faces of, of God represented through the different gods and goddesses. And this is a similar thing where we have these, these people that were once, most of them once alive, but uh, they convey certain energies and they have certain wheelhouses, for lack of a better term, that you can access if you have a specific need. St. Jude being the patron saint of lost causes. St. Joseph, if you want a job or you want to get a new house. So it's, it's very sort of pigeonholed with the different saints, and there are thousands of saints, so that whatever need you have, there's probably going to be a specific saint you can address or, or petition for that need. So we use candles and uh, novenas where we are, are saying certain prayers to these saints uh, to intercede on our behalf for whatever it is that the client is looking to, to attain. How do you know what saint to ask specific questions for? <clears throat> Research. You just research it. You know, there are some go-tos, like St. Anthony, you know is the guy you're going to go to if you've lost something. Right. And you know that if you're um, working for children or animals, St. Francis is going to be a great choice. And so we have certain, we have St. Francis Cabrino who we use if we have immigration issues. It's just learning which saints are managers of which life department. That makes good sense. Now, this is quite different than petitioning angels or archangels. This is a whole different thing, as you're saying, that these are saints or people. They once lived here. And so you said they were canonized. And then there's the folk saints. What is a folk saint? Folk, med, uh, folk saints are not recognized by the Christian church. There are certain ones that have legends that have grown up around them. So, for instance, in American legend, if you were to think about John Henry, that's a story that, that is told often. It's a tall tale. A lot of times this, the folk saints have tall tales that have grown up around them or uh, legends that are a little bit more than possibly what happened. But we have one uh, folk saint who's actually a doll that a woman happened to grab when her husband shot her. For Ooh. adultery, and she put the doll in front of her, and the doll blocked the bullet, <gasps> and so this doll became the patron saint for abused women. Wow! And, and so there's this, just these huge stories that come up around the different saints that are folk saints. Uh, the only, one of the few saints that's a folk saint that never lived is Santa Marte, which is the the saint of death, and she's actually the Grim Reaper and has no. Uh, human component where she was once attached to this living person from many years ago, you know, or whatever it might be. She's one of the few that it doesn't represent a person. Now, La Santa Muerte is, is very powerful from what we understand. We've, we've talked about this before, but tell us what mm -hmm. is your impression? Because we've heard all kinds of interesting stories about La Santa Muerte and how she provides for the people that come to her. So please it's, let's talk it's about It's pretty this. impressive. 
It's it's impressive. I've been doing magical work for close to 40 years now as far as actively working. And I've worked with all different sorts of energies, all sorts of divine forms. And she is by far the strongest magic I've ever engaged. Wow. And really? again, she, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, hands down. And you've got to think that in human life, the most powerful thing we encounter is death. And so That's it stands true. to reason that she would be the the king daddy that we would appeal to <laughs> in times of need because that's the most powerful thing that will ever happen to us. Now, we've heard, though, if you petition La Santa Muerte, and you you really have to be prepared for it may come to you in any which way. Is that true? That but, you know, no that's really true out. about it's any like magic it's... I've found. I've I've found that all magic takes its own form. And the thing with Santa Muerte, however, is when you engage her, you normally do so from a position of death. So you're asking for the death of something. So if you want to be with the love of your life, you ask for the death of loneliness. Or you ask her to take away your poverty, take away your fear. And so it's really about releasing and letting go of what's not serving you, and that can certainly take many forms. And so if people ask her to take away what's holding them back in life, it could be their spouse that's holding them back. So with any kind of magic, you never really know how it's going to play out unless you absolutely dial it into the details. So can you give us some examples of some magic that you have done uh, for other people with La Santa Muerte and what happened? Well, uh, hmm. one one thing that was a lot of fun is that when we had Crossroads in, in, in action and it was up and running, we found very quickly that we the one unit that we had did not have enough room for us to have classes with the number of people that were coming for our classes. And we hadn't anticipated this. We thought we had some time before we needed to expand. And it just happened that the next unit over, because we're in a a fourplex, that the next unit over was available. And we really didn't feel comfortable expanding when our shop was just a few months old. And it didn't make business sense to do that. And I kept getting from Santa Marta, you have to expand, you need to do this now, don't worry, we'll take care of it. Well, my husband is, he's hes a business grad. I mean, he's, everything for him is is the, the academics of business. And it just didn't make sense. And so what I did is when I had my, my advanced brujeria class that time, I took them over and had them look in the window and I said, I want you to look at this and I want this building to be part of Crossroads within a moon cycle. And so we did some work to Santa Marte to make that happen, to take away any obstacles to this expansion. And within a week, we had the keys. The owner was willing to work with us. And it it just happened very, very quickly. And that's how she works. It just, it's, it's done. You ask for it and it's done. And what's the most stunning about working with her is how quickly it does happen. Sometimes you're not quite ready to hear yes so quickly. God. So what's so that's, her payment? I think that's, she doesn't ask for a payment. 
She only, you know, here's what she asked. This is interesting. She says that because nothing you do is as powerful as what I'm going to do when I close your eyes for the last time, what I want you to do is to engage life fully every day that I let you have it. And so she Mm. demands that we live. She demands that we dance. She demands that we love and that we be fully invested in life. But she's not a quid pro quo kind of girl. People give her offerings out of love and devotion. But when she Mm -hmm. looks at us, she has absolute lack of judgment. She is not impressed with anything we do. To her, (laughs) this is humans be it's humans being humans. You kill each other, yep, that's what you guys do. You rat each other out to the law, yes, that's what you do. You're horrible creatures. But I'm still (laughs) gonna take you you at the end. Uh, engaging with her. You just pray to her. We have venerations here at the shop where devotees come and it's almost has a mass like quality to it because it's, it's very church like and we Mm -hmm. just venerate her and honor her and revere her and tell her, thank you. We do a lot of thanking of her because she's very productive, but she just, just like, Death is always with us and doesn't ask us for anything except to be patient with her when she takes things that we don't want to release. (laughs) She doesn't demand more from us than that. She's going to take our life. That's the most payment we ever have to give her. Hmm. Does it keep you from going to a peaceful place because she has you now or or what, what goes on there? What it does is it really gives you a stronger affinity with death. You don't crave death, but there's less fear of it Mm -hmm. because you already made friends with the boatmaster who's going to take you across. Okay. And what kinds of offerings do do you give her? Because she loves life. She is a party girl. And so you give her shots of tequila, you give her a joint, you give her money, you give her candy, games. She loves every expression of joy and happiness. That is great. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it'll, yeah, she's a she's a pistol. <laughs> have you ever helped have you ever helped a client um let's say, you know, with a um to want to put a curse on somebody, but it didn't have a time lim- limit, and like you forgot about it, and that person is like oh. you know, absolutely going crazy out there, and then some days kind of think, oh man, I forgot to take that back, or I forgot to turn it off, or you know what I mean. So I just wondered about that type of stuff. But what do you do? Oh, there? I don't turn my curses off. So you don't turn them off. You just keep them going. It's not a time. Re- it's not a time release thing. No. In in right. Korea, you have. Your your ethical construct is very simple. Is this work justified or is this work not justified? If the work is not justified, you don't do the work. If you've talked Mm -hmm. to the client and you're advocating for the client and the work is justified, you move forward with the work. And so I'm not ever doing anything that I don't feel like I can sleep at night, regardless of what that looks like. Right. So at times you've turned people away where you felt that it wasn't warranted or you didn't want to participate in something they wanted? 
the most common reason that I have turned somebody away is either because I felt like they were in a position that whatever we did, they were not going to be happy with the results later mm-hmm. and that they were kidding themselves about what we're going to do. I turned uh, people away because they're because what they wanted to have happen was not something that I could comfortably do and could not even comfortably recommend them to someone else. I've had some very racist people come to me who wanted the destruction of people because of their culture. Oh, that's not right. good. And so that would be that was something that I turned away. And really there's there's not a lot usually I, by the time somebody comes to me they're very desperate. They're really needing help. They've tried mm-hmm. everything else. And so it's very rare that I actually turn somebody away. But if I do, it's because I know I genuinely cannot help them. Mm-hmm. And even if I attempted to override that and to help them despite my misgivings, my energy is already going to be corrupted because of that, because I have ignored what is sacred to me. Mm-hmm. And so even if I push ahead, it's not going to be really good magic. I'm going to be giving them, so it's not right for me to do that. But that is so right. You're right on the money on that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you ever have somebody come in that, uh, you know, they just kind of fooled you or tried to fake you out or because they wanted something and they tried to get what they wanted through you, but but or maybe they did and then you were kind of regretful about it or do you think you're, you always catch it? I've, I've been lucky so far. Um, mm-hmm. The, one of the first things I teach my my students, because what when I'm teaching someone about brujeria, I'm teaching them from the idea that they are going to go out there and they are going to be a healer of other people and are going to have clients. And one of the first things I teach them is clients lie. And they do <laughs> yep. that. That's right. They do that That's to attempt to opinion. win your favor or to get you to, um, to do work that you're – you know, you, oh, you're just so silly. You don't understand what they're actually doing. That's where it really comes in handy if you do have a psychic component mm-hmm. or an empathic component Absolutely. to what you're doing because you get to the point you can see it a mile away. And during right. the platica, the part of the Olympia that's the platica, which is our intake, we weed all this stuff out. And so if I if I don't have them crying by the time we get to the Olympia, I didn't do my job because <laughs> oh boy, they need to be crazy. right. You know, they need to be right down in their deepest spirit where they are not comfortable lying to me and where they know that I'm advocating for them, and so that we can get into that deepest truth. And I will move heaven and earth to get them there. I won't let them skate the surface on me. Right. That's terrific. Well, we have a caller with a question, so let me bring them on Mm -hmm. to the show. And the area code is 843, so we're going to bring you live. Good evening. How's everybody? Hi. Hi, welcome to the show. Do you have a question for Katrina, and what's your name? Yes, my name is Eddie. Um, She answered one of my questions, just like what she said. you got to have that intuitive um, part of the equation. Uh, and that that was right on time um, because in her teachings that she assists with um, 
strengthening that particular muscle, uh, you know, psychic ability, intuitiveness, so that you know what you need to know. Yes, that makes a difference. So do you have a question, another question for Katrina? Yeah, that was one of the questions. The other question was um, she spoke on combat. Um, If you see and understand that somebody definitely has somebody trying to do some work to them, uh, does it matter where it's from, like, say, Africa or whatever, you know, because Africa is basically one of the ancient places, you know, uh, Europa and all of that. So I just wanted to uh, see if she would speak to that. What I do when I'm talking to the person, most commonly I have someone who comes in who says, I've been cursed. And so we're going to have a lot of layers we're going to go into when we're fact-finding about this. For one thing, if they're European descent and they say they've been cursed, we're going to have a conversation about what that looks like. How is that manifesting in your life? What else could this be? If somebody comes to me and they are from African or they are from Mexican descent and they say, I've been cursed, I say, I'll get my stuff right now because I have no doubt that they've been cursed because there is a different flavor to Mm. European curses than anywhere else. And you can feel the energy coming off of a person if they have genuinely been cursed. It's right there, very plain. And so I start to talk to them about the nature of the curse. Where do they think this came from? And as they are discussing it, you can start to get a feel, a flavor of where the cultural origin of the curse is. And I do change how I engage based on that, too. That's one of the components is culturally, how is this happening? And so I do have different methods that I'm going to use for a call, a call or a curse if it's coming from a, an African-based practice versus a uh, Guatemalan-based practice or even a West Virginia-based practice. It's going to all be different. And so you engage it on the level of where they're meeting you. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, another reason why another I have that thing- question uh-huh. Go ahead, Eddie, you, you were, Eddie, you were absolutely right, too, uh, about what you were saying before um, regarding the, the psychic energy of you, you can smell it. You can tell when somebody is not being straight with you, mm-hmm. and you can tell when there's more that you need to unpack with something that they say or something that they don't say. And what I really love is that when you really open up to the divine energy, if you want to call it that, put whatever name you want to on it, all of a sudden you have the sight. You can see. You can see exactly what you need to see in that client. Mm. Okay. Um, And so basically the individual doesn't matter as much as dealing with the energy itself, correct? When I get, well, the individual matters because they are going to metabolize, for lack of a better term, that curse, that hex, that crossing differently than another person will based on their life experiences. No, so what I, it, it, I, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. The, no, excuse me for interrupting you, but I just, I just you know, uh, I just was speaking on the individual that sent the curse more so than the individual that, that they sent the, the curse. curse. Yes. You know, oh, here's what uh-huh. happens a lot of times. I'm sorry, Patricia? I was going to say, 
the sending of and the receiving of are two tremendously different areas here then. Yes. Very different. Oh. And in fact, what happens a lot of times is that the person who sent the curse is, I don't want to say that they're irrelevant, but what it means is that we can see each other sometimes and see each other as an advocate for our client. So we are able to look at each other and, and understand it's not personal to us, the worker. I know I'm not explaining this very well. No, a lot are. of times if I'm, work, if I'm working on a curse for somebody and I get a feel of the person who sent it, sometimes it's a person like me who's working on behalf of someone else. And we just sort of look at each other and say, yeah, I see you. High five. I'm just going to do my work. Okay, I get you. I'm just going to do my work. And and that's what you do is every, it, there's it's I hate to put it like an honor amongst thieves, but amongst practitioners, a lot of us don't give it the old, oh, it's like that, is it, and start going after each other. We, right. we understand we're all doing a job here. And what I understand is that somebody decided this work was justified. And maybe I need to look at that and figure out what's going on as I'm even removing the curse. Mm. So always keeping an open mind and remembering clients lie. Right. Because <laughs> just like what you're speaking to, well, you, you said price wise, say that again? That's what you said? <laughs> yes. No, yeah. clients lie. Yeah. Oh, clients, yeah, clients lie. lie. Yeah. And clients definitely. don't always tell you everything. For instance, right. I've got a person right now who's working aggressively to get back her ex-spouse and really to the point of almost trying to control that person. Mm. Now, what does that tell me about what their relationship was probably like? Mm, nightmare. Yeah. Right. And also, I'm hearing in my head that I know that she was unfaithful to this person, even though she hasn't told me this. Mm -hmm. But I know that she was. And that that's why the person wants nothing to do with her. So if you open your mind, your heart, your spirit, and listen, you'll hear all kinds of things that client is not saying. That's right. Awesome. Because I think that's interesting. It's like you're saying um, the individual, say, for example, a woman wants a man, and she has already gone to somebody, and the man starts having dreams or whatever the case may be, and then he comes to you. And mm -hmm. then by you assisting him, you could see the individual that the the woman went to. Right. And and maybe somewhere along the line of that communication, maybe she'll, in a sense, back off because now she realizes that the woman lied or if mm -hmm. she just wants to help the woman because the woman wants the man. See, because, you know, I'm just What's saying, I mean, go ahead. No, I got you. Go ahead. No, because just like in all things in life, prime example, something's wrong with my car. I take it to one mechanic. He says it's this, and it's $1,000. I take it to another mechanic. He says it's this, and this is actually what it is, and it's only 250 You see what I'm saying? So just like everything else in life, there are some people who do certain things because it's about money to them regardless of what, you know, the client, so-called client wants done. Well, and one of the most fulfilling things that happens is when you do catch a tag off of another healer, another worker, on, a, on something you're working on, and you can have inner dialogue with them. Mm. So you can say, what do you want to do about this? I don't know. What do you got? What do you think is best? 
and we just create the most the best outcome for everybody, and then high five and walk away. Okay. Yeah. So if you can get someone who's co, yeah, get somebody that's cooperative with you. Definitely. That's the best way to go. Yeah, because I'm down here in the Carolinas, and um, it's crazy. If you get a car, you've, I've been on a job for five years. This is a scenario that didn't happen to me. Uh, I know some people that it happened to. I've been on a job for five years. Everybody buys another car tax time, regardless of what they've been driving all year. If you keep your car past April, there, there are people that will go see somebody to mess somebody up so that, you know, mm-hmm. jealous because that person got to keep the car. That is actually one of the strongest forces of negative energy in the universe is envy. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's what I, I have to work against that constantly. Envy and then frustration. In, in my new book uh, that's on uncrossing, one of the points I make is that the place that we all experience or most of us experience where we get the most negative energy thrown at us is the on-ramp of a freeway. Hmm. Because everybody thinks that they're in the right. If you're trying to merge into traffic on a freeway, you Uh get angry that they won't let you merge. If you're on a freeway and somebody's trying to merge in front of you and it's pushing you out, you get mad at them. So all of this anger, road rage is a huge problem I clean up. So much road rage from people. Wow. That's beautiful. That's great. Well, Eddie, well, one last thing you. I just want to ask you about Rue. If you put keep Rue in your car, is Rue a good product? Then that's my last question. I thank you for your, um, your yeah. time. And oh, your no system. problem. I, Rue is good. It's good protection. I like rosemary and bay laurel better. Bay laurel. Never heard of bay laurel. Rue is good for protection. It's just bay leaves. Oh, uh, like you use for seasoning. Fantastic yes. protection. Oh. Great money draw, too. Oh, I'm going to have to get me a jar and keep it in my pocket. <laughs> put your name on it. Put it. In, write your name on one of the leaves and put it in your wallet and watch what happens. Wow. Awesome. See, aren't y'all glad I called in and asked all those questions and look how we, I'm you know, so we glad end, you uh, my, did, my time Eddie. on the portal. <laughs> this is, oh, that's great, Eddie. You had some great questions and great comments, and we really appreciate the call. Thank you. Hey, thank you for all that you do. You all Thanks, do. Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, great questions. Yeah. All right. Well, we love our listeners. They're the smartest the audience all. ever. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so bay leaves. So, Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to get some bay of leaves. that. <laughs> Robert, or first thing in the morning. <laughs> oh, goodness. Bay leaves, here we come. That's great, Katrina. Thank you. Does it make You're a difference if it's fresh or if it's dried? Um, I like the whole leaf, the whole dried leaf. Um, okay. The fresh is fine. It'll work. But it just, I don't know, there's something about the maturing of and the aging of the the drying process then uh-huh. seems to bring out a lot of the energy of the plant. Oh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. You have so much information for us tonight. I can't wait to get my hands on your book. Yeah, oh, thank you. Better. I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure yes. we will. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned another book that you have, Katrina. Tell us a little bit about the other book. You know, I just signed the contract on this one. 
I originally called it Uncrossing the Art of Unscrewing Your Life. And I'm going to be lecturing I'm going to be lecturing on that in February at Pantheacon in San Jose. But That's great. I pitched that I pitched that to Llewellyn and they want it but they want it relabeled re, um healing from psychic attack. Oh. So it's going to have a little bit more pedestrian oh. title to it. Oh. I like your title better. <laughs> I do too. Oh. <laughs> they should But it really is about it's no, about all the ways it's about all the ways that we get crossed and and get into a downward spiral, the ways that we can improve and clean up our lives magically and create fewer obstacles and a wider pathway to success. It sounds great, and I still like your original title. I think it's much better. And, you know, the other thing, Katrina, I want to mention to everybody, that you and Eric have such an amazing, joyful energy. And I know I've participated in some of your tarot readings that you've had, and you have Mm -hmm. a lady with you, and I can't think of her name right now. She's lovely. Oh, Shannon, Um, Shannon McLaren. Shannon. And when you and Shannon Shannon. get together and do the tarot readings online, live on on, uh, Facebook, it's just a blast because you both are enjoying yourselves so much. And there's no... Oh, Shannon's my bestie. Yeah, she's my sweetie. And we're doing that tomorrow night, in fact. Okay. Uh, we do it every every the tarot readings are every other week and then in the interim weeks we will have a conversation about a magical topic. And so it's called What's Up Witches and it's just a little <laughs> broadcast that we do on Facebook. I love the names you come up with. They're I fabulous. know this is great. And again there's so much joy around what you do and what you how you work with Shannon and how you work with Eric and there's just so much heartfelt joy. It really makes it Fun. There's nothing dark about it. It's just it's so much fun to learn with you and to be a part of what you're doing. Well, thank you. I'm really surrounded by amazing people, and what I've really loved is that when you put your light out there, if you if you really go go out there with good intention and your spirit in the right place, and you're not stupid about it from a business perspective, the right people will come. You just have to trust your inner wisdom. Um, I mean, I. That's what led us to this store, was just trusting the process and and taking chances. You can't go at it from a position of fear. You've got to be invested in uh, in what you're doing and, and believe that the right people and the right opportunities are coming. That's great. And let's go back to the curses for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Is there a curse from a particular area of the world or a particular type of witchcraft that you find more powerful than any other? Oh, Africa and Mexico. <clears throat> Those two. So okay. They're the ones, yeah, they're the ones that I will have to work the hardest to dislodge. Um, and in fact, some of the biblical curses are absolutely repugnant. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's uh, like Psalm 107 is one of the, the strongest, most hideous curses it it erases a person's history it erases their parents history it dooms their children it's really aggressive oh my wow and that's a bible but no it's it's a biblical curse yes i i tend to um when i know that i have a strong uh practitioner of uh african traditional religions or, or hoodoo 
that uh, has put a curse on somebody, I know that it's going to take a lot of work to get that off of them. If I know that somebody has really been done over by a bruja or a brujol that knows what they're doing, I'm going to be there for a while. It's rare I have to do an actual exorcism, fortunately. But um, the the curse removal is just, it can get pretty brutal sometimes. God. In what way? What about Russian witchcraft? Have you ever encountered a Russian curse? A couple of times. Most of the time. The Russians like to go generational. So they're the ones that are really big into the family curses. Mm-hmm. And so when you're having to go back layers and layers and generations and generations to peel off all of the work of a curse, that's pretty grueling. Gosh. Tell us about exorcism. What's that like? Oh, it's... The way you're doing I thought, I, I would have thought back when I was a baby witch that if you were doing an exorcism... <laughs> That you're going to go in like John Constantine and have the cigarette coming off the lip, you know, and breaking out one-liners as he flies into the mirror. It's not like that. It's usually when somebody when somebody brings a person in for an exorcism, it's usually because that person is not doing what the person wants them to do. Um, most of the time, if I get an exorcism, somebody's bringing in a teenage kid or a 20-year-old, or a wife that doesn't want to be married anymore. And so Mm. basically, if you're not doing what I want you to do, it must be a devil that's making you do it. Now, Mm. there have been a couple that I've done that were actually possessed, and there's actually a demon in there. And that's always kind of surprising when there actually is something in there. Usually you're just working with the person to get them to release whatever belief systems or, or negative in images or thought processes are causing them to embrace failure and you just work with them that way. But usually with a true exorcism, it's about you holding somebody really tightly while they vomit and poop and pee on you and cuss at you. It's great. Ew. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a true exorcism. Yeah. It's not fun. You go home exhausted, your shoulder joints ache, you just want to shower and sleep for days. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. here's something interesting. This I found this interesting, too. On all of the movies, the power of Christ compels you, and that's what's going to get rid of the demon. And I've found that most demons are on pretty good terms with Jesus Christ and don't run <gasps> when you say the name. Oh, and really? that was really – that was confounding to me because I thought that was my shoe-in. It was not. <laughs> but – if you invoke the Blessed Mother or you invoke Santa Marte, all of a sudden these demons feel like they got a cake in the oven and they're gone. Or you can wow. move them more easily. It's as though they went, oh, no, she called mom. And, you know, <laughs> but they respond, yeah. they respond much stronger, in my experience, to a female divine figure than they do to a male divine figure. And I, I'm not sure what that's about yet. Hmm. That is wild. Because that's, you know, of course, something we've all heard on so many levels that you invoke the name Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ and they have to run for the hills. But you're finding that's not the case. They don't. I'm not. And there, when I do it, the 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 approach is sort of like, oh, hi, boo, what's up? (laughs) No, that's not what you want. No, not what I wanted. 
Different impact, yeah. please. <laughs> so Have you ever had a person come to see? Or the Blessed Mother, then they, they hightail it. There's just this deer in headlights look that they get. Just like, oh, no, 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 no. It could be worn out. It could be that this has been invoked so many times that it's not as powerful as it once was. But uh-huh. and I'm not that's not to denigrate anyone's beliefs or anything. It's I'm I'm purely speaking from my own experience. And right. I I have a very um I was raised Christian and I have an absolute veneration for the Christian belief system. It's not my path, but I honor it profoundly. So it's not as though I disregard that power at all. I don't. But in my experience, specifically in working with demons, I get a better response with female deities. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Have you ever had someone yeah. come to you and you look in their eye and you just know that there's somebody else in there? Like the the, the oh, outward Lord, yes. part of that person. Yeah, I mean, I have Absolutely. two. And boy, it's frightening, man, when you, when you see that and you feel it, it and you is, know it. It is similar to the feeling that you get when you're having a normal conversation with somebody and all of a sudden your skin starts to ripple and you realize this person yep. is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I have a similar reaction when I can see that there's somebody else in there. It's really terrifying. And again, you know, a lot of times people that are brought to me for healings or for exorcisms actually are mentally ill people. Right. And right. so when you've got... And and from a healer perspective, we have to work holistically, which means, okay, this person is diagnosed as schizophrenic. Does that mean there's something actually wrong with them? Or are they seeing things that are actually there that I can't see? That's so, a million-dollar question, isn't it? Hard right, and determine. I dismiss nothing. Right. So you just have to meet each client where they are and – Trust that you are being led to heal them in the in the best way possible. Quite a task, my goodness. Now, what about? I'm going to go back to Olympias again. Can you do them for your pets? Can you do them for your dogs and cats? Absolutely, I do Olympias on animals by remote. Even I've done a bird recently. I did a cocker spaniel. Uh, most most animals enjoy the Olympias. Most babies enjoy Olympias. They wow. they don't tend to react negatively to them at all. And you can definitely see a, a difference in the animal's behavior after the Olympia. I'm going to start mm-hmm. this. Right and the now. word Olympia means... You're going to talk uh, to your dogs, I can tell. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start And the word that. Olympia means clean or cleanse? It means cleansing. Mm-hmm. Cleansing. cleansing. Okay. Or clean, mm-hmm. yeah. One of the things we heard about La Santa Muerte is that so many people who felt that they would not be accepted by the Catholic Church because of their uh, choices in life, that they felt very comfortable with La Santa Muerte, and to the point where it got so popular that the Pope was very unhappy about Did you hear about this? Well, the Catholic Church absolutely denigrates Santa Muerte. It's really aggressive they had they recently oh. had a thing oh i say recently it was about 15 20 years ago where along the border in the border towns they went through and just destroyed all of her temples oh, because no. because she absolutely has no discriminatory value just like 
death. I mean, death doesn't care if you're rich. Death doesn't care if you're well-behaved. Death doesn't care if you're a jerk. You're going to die. And she approaches <laughs> everything the same way so that if you are um, behaving in ways that are reprehensible, she just does not care because to her that's just people doing people things. And because of that, the drug cartels, prostitutes, uh, warlords really – appreciate that in her and are drawn to her because right. they know that she will not reject them. And the Pope had a fit about it, apparently, and told him to stop it. Uh, <laughs> she was getting so popular. Apparently, apparently so. But, you know, Santa Marte is the second most followed and most popular um, Catholic or uh, Catholic-based uh, figure, holy figure, second only to to the Blessed Mother. And that's actually why my branding for my store, Crossroads is a store, but the things I make are branded under the the label of Two Sisters Botanica because it's Guadalupe and Santa Marte, life and death and everything in between. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Well, Katrina, this has been just a delightful time with you we've all had so much fun and learned so much thank you for your time thank you for having show. me on again it's always a joy oh, oh fun for george, us. Just pleasure, like pleasure to meet you george pleasure to meet you too i'll have to come yes. to join the gym, drum circle and you come here and you can see the uh, uh grave marker up in the tree so I like there it. you go that sounds yeah. like a good go. that's right that's nice so thank you again, Katrina, and the name of Katrina's book that will be coming out soon that you can pre-order now, The Sacred Art of Brujeria. So next week, everybody, we're going to be back with another great show. We are talking about magic and food. You don't want to miss it. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girl.